Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Citizens Podcast. This is Gray. I am joined by Josh. Good afternoon, Josh. Hello. We are going to talk about West Ham, and we're going to talk about Tottenham. Um, big game earlier in the season. Um, so so we'll, we'll get to that toward the end of the podcast. But um, obviously, uh, you've all been waiting with bated breath for our takes on VAR. <laughs> so so I see no reason to dawdle around. I'm, I will start this conversation by referencing a previous conversation that you and I had on a previous podcast. I, th- I don't remember exactly when it was, um, but it was toward the end of last season when we discussed a VAR and what it meant and how we are in a unique sort of position as American sports fans who are extremely used to technology butting into our sports and making decisions for us. Um, but the comparison I made at the time was that this was at least initially going to end up looking a lot like when Major League Baseball instituted a replay. And the side effect of what happened there was basically a lot of things that were not meant to be reviewed or were not supposed to be dealt with in the um, in the spirit of, of what video replay was meant for were going to get dealt with. Um, the most prominent of those was when, say, you have a runner sliding into second base and his foot comes about an inch off the base. He beats the throw and everything. He, sh- he beats the tag, but his foot comes about an inch off the base while he's sliding and the defender holds his tag, and thus, because of that one inch, even though he beat the throw, beat the tag, did everything right, he's out. That was one of the major things that came about from MLB Replay. It is one of the worst things that came about from MLB Replay, because I think we can both agree that that's not, you know, the objective of, of, of Replay is, okay, did the guy beat the tag? Did he touch the base? Yes and yes, then he should be safe unless he slides like five feet past the bag. Right. What we saw this weekend against West Ham is the soccer version of that, in which about a couple inches of a guy's shoulder are beyond the last defender. Not even the defending players are holding, you know, every remotely close goal. You have the defenders who just sort of obligatorily throw their hand up at the at the assistant referee like offside, but none of them actually believe it. That barely even happened on the first city goal that was chalked off, Be- and because um, and 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 that's, I don't have any objection to VAR being introduced in the game to correct clear and obvious errors, nor do I have any objection with the offside rule being applied in a more st- I guess in a more stringent manner, but. I think there's a sweet spot that we have to find here. And I don't think anyone in a pre-VAR world would sit there and run that play back five times and say he was offside. It would be one of those, it's a razor thin decision, but, you know, you know, benefit of the doubt, it was close enough. I don't think you can. That's not clear and obvious is the thing. No, and, and, and look, listen, the only way that I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in support of making decisions like that with, with, with the clear and obvious thing is if you develop some kind of technology that can, beyond a shadow of a doubt, ascertain that that individual was offsides 
And as of right now, I don't think that technology is is. <laughs> I mean, it's available to the extent that that the yellow line is available in in football, American football. I, I like, you know, I did like the little dashed lines for where the shoulder and the that was new. right, 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 that right, was right, right. That, that, that's 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 about as good as they've they've been able to work the scenario for right now. So, if you can develop or flush out some sort of technology that that can use, you know. Uh, some combination of trigonometry and, and shadows and, and the time of day and whatnot to ascertain where that individually was actually on the pitch, then then I'm okay with that. But but I mean, look, dude, when you're looking at whether or not that goal was offsides, like that was so negligible. But 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 here's the thing too. I would have also been like, you know what? I don't give a shit if that goal's negligible. If Tottenham <laughs> has scored it, he was offside. Right. Exactly. So I mean, so here's the here's here's we, the thing. We run into a right. wall no matter which way we head right. on this one, Gray. Here here's the thing for me looking at this from as as neutral a perspective as I'm capable of. Was the attacking player in any way given an advantage by being in that position relative to the defender? No. No, he wasn't. There is no one on that pitch who was like, you, you know, it's it's one thing if you've got a guy a yard offside, he's blatantly clearly offside. That's an issue for the goalkeeper. That's an issue for the defender. It provides an unfair advantage for the attacking player. It's it's not an unfair advantage when you're inch offside. It's just not. There's no Raheem Sterling derived no significant advantage from being in the position he was in when that pass was made to him. It more or less was in line. If he had been two inches back and thus legally onside, I don't think it would have made any difference in the outcome of the play. And that's that's the issue that I have with this. If you want to... Somebody needs to make a decision on what the standard of clear and obvious is, because that wouldn't meet it for me. If you if you have to resort to these little dashed lines and the well, it's maybe a couple inches and the freeze frame replays in which you're like getting out a microscope and trying to compare where the defender is and where the attack. That's not clear and obvious. It's just not. VAR is supposed to correct clear and obvious decisions that are made incorrectly like when a guy clearly has half of his body beyond the last defender or you know that's that's the big one but or you know with luckily it didn't come up but the penalty decisions if a guy is clearly there's no ball he's clearly hitting the leg of course penalties are subjective anyway and i'm sure that at some point this season something ridiculous is going to happen with one of those and we'll have to have this discussion again but in this instance, that the, the standard for clear and obvious, it just wasn't met. And in that instance, I'm willing to stick with the call on the field. And frankly, was it City's third goal that everyone I thought looked actually offside but wasn't? And, and it's like it, it, it demonstrates just how much your eyes can play tricks on you in these situations. And... For that reason alone, I understand the hunger for video review, and it's one that I rather share because we've both watched screw job decisions go against City in the past. Um, 
it's funny you mention uh, because you know you've got this gorgeous quote here from Pep that we've been by uh, that was the literal quote we have been by <laughs> by uh, VAR in the past what did he say it is already just last season in the Champions League it can knock the wind out of your sails when you're celebrating to be told the goal is disallowed but it can also have the opposite effect if it works in your favor the best action in football is always the next one you can't just live in the present you must always be preparing for the next action VAR is a fantastic demonstration of this I hope it brings justice to the game yeah I'm sure Pep did not feel that way yeah, but look, Pep's always VAR, taking the diplomatic approach on VAR. It's, it's, VAR is helping, though. I, I think it is. I think it will be – I think this year is going to be the roughest year because this year is going to teach us just all the things that we didn't think about when there was this huge push to implement it. Like this, you know. It's like, whoa, okay, we're going to actually change this now? <laughs> um, and 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 – Frankly, I think that if this creates some hunger to adjust the offside rule for a more modern area, that wouldn't be the worst thing. No, and and, and it sounds like uh, because remember Germany put this in ahead already, so they've already right. gone through a season Se- with several our- leagues. I think not just Germany, but Germany I think was the most prominent. Right, right, right. Did but- Spain have it last year? Uh, I think so, but one of the reasons I mentioned Germany is that they're supposed to have a more muted version of VAR this year. So they already learned exactly uh, uh, how complicated uh, VAR can be (laughs) when you're not preparing for all the possible outcomes. Right. And and something like this – there, there's no other way to do it than trial and error. You can you can do it in friendlies all you want. You can do it in like rehearsal right. games all you want, but it's not ever going to be the same. And so no. you put it on trial in a in a in a in an actual meaningful match and see what happens. So inevitably, there are going to be growing pains in the system. It's just a simple fact. That's that that's true of every single system like this. That, that you would that you would implement and the reality is it's going to take a while and this is probably not the last time we're going to frustratedly talk about this no but the key is will they adapt to the criticisms will they adapt to the issues that arise in using it if they do i think that we end up having a system that's a net positive if we don't we're going to have a lot of headaches for a while yeah um and of course, you, I, I, you I think there's and, too much money with the Premier League for yeah. them to not get it right. They'll get it right. Mm-hmm. They have the incentive or, to get it right. I mean, right. especially if like if if players and coaches stop. Like one one day, if City gets screwed screwed by a VAR decision for like the second or third time, Pep's going to stop being diplomatic. It's 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 gonna happen. You know, the the guy is pretty laid back usually, but after he's been poked a few times. Pep can turn into a bit of a grizzly bear, um, as as we have seen when he has been on occasion tossed out, tossed to the side, tossed to the touch out of the touchline, um, th- thrown into the stands. He had the he actually was was had a couple match ban for the Champions League um, last season at the start of it for good reason after that Liverpool farce in 2018. Um, which, by the way, is one of those clear and obvious situations that we could have used VAR for. Um, so, you know, Pep, 
Pep will be diplomatic to a point. And right now, nothing has really aggrieved him because the one major decision that VAR cost Manchester City, which was in the Champions League against Tottenham last year, was correct. And it wasn't an instance where, like, some, it, was, it was open to interpretation. I would firmly put City's first shocked-off goal under the open-to-interpretation category against West Ham. Um, but, you know, it cuts both ways. Aguero got to retake a penalty because Declan Rice entered the area too soon and was the first to play the ball, um, which it's, it's another one of those things that it's a bit strange, but it was correct. Um, so pe- people are going to have to get used to some things, but but I think the key to this lies in the FA and the Premier League's willingness to adapt to criticism and controversy. Um, hasn't always been their strong point in the past, but we can only hope that there will be enough pressure from inside the game and inside the squads if this happens enough. That um, And the press, too, because the, the, the English football media is notoriously full of dinosaurs who are going to have a very hard time um, coping with this. And some of those criticisms are going to be valid and some of them are going to be rooted in this is not the proper way to do things. So if as long as they can find, weed out the valid criticisms from the invalid ones and respond to the pressure that is ginned up as a result of that, I think we'll be okay in the long run. Yeah, I mean, one hopes, one hopes that that's, that's the direction this is going to take. My, my only issue with this is, is I'm very, very, very nervous, as you pointed out earlier, to find out exactly just how much we didn't account for. Because, you right. know, it's funny, every, every league has their own way of testing this VAR rule about what, what, what's important to them, and, and the Premier League are going to find their own way to test it. And I'm very apprehensive to find out what... I mean, I have no doubt that, that we're, there's probably something that we're not even thinking of right now that is that going to become a huge flashpoint later in the season. I mean, we yeah. haven't dealt with a red card review yet. We haven't dealt with anything like that. No. And... And we haven't dealt with a situation where they decide, like, hey, you know what? We didn't catch this in. We're going to give a red card here. And it's yeah. like, whoa, no, dude. Like, you can't go back. Like, I do I do think that you should be able to give red cards and things like that. But but, it, but if it wasn't a an egregious foul, like, during the thing, yeah. I, I think that the detriment of going back and looking at fouls in slow motion is that almost nine times out of ten, it's always going to appear worse than it is. worse in slow motion. And that that's just kind of true of, of most sports. When you slow it doesn't things, help. It. When you slow things down and start looking at things five times over in slow motion, you're going to end up seeing things that you didn't see live, that, that live didn't look so bad, for better or worse. I mean, like, we've seen... How many replay reviews in the NFL have we seen of catch, not a catch, where it's like... Well, his toe looks like it's there, and he looks like he has possession there. And it's like, I'm over. I'm and, over. And over, what and then you'll see it go back and forward and back and forward. And, I mean, there are legitimate examples of, of red cards not given that should have been given. I know we both remember the <laughs> right. 2017-2018 season where they had that run of, like, three or four games where people were just trying to absolutely rip City players' legs out from under them, and no one ever got sent off for it. 
Um, you know, that that's an instance where it would have been nice to have the ability to look at those in retrospect. But there's there's also going to be cases where borderline things turn into huge like looking if you pause videos at certain angles of tackles or coming togethers or anything like that if you pause at the right frame things will look bad <laughs> it's just a fact of, of how these things work so I don't know my hope my, my honest hope is that it happens to someone else first and thus inspires that controversy there and not here but I, I don't think that they'll make significant changes to the system during the season. I think anything is going to have to come next summer. And it's a kind of foreboding thought when we're sitting here on August 16th already discussing the reality of, of, of what we might be facing this season. But this is, this is very much one of those things where you're, there's going to be some good that you have to take with some bad. And hopefully not too bad, but... The, the doors are open for controversy, basically. It's only going to become more and more interesting as the season pours on, as the uh, as these incidents, so to speak, roll in. You know, as they add up, as the frustration builds, as as people remember this VAR incident and that VAR incident, and, and it, it's just you know it, it it is going to be a hell of a year. It just, it just it is. is. It is. And there's no real way around that at this point. Let's talk about the good stuff, which was City scoring five fast West Ham. And frankly, I think if you like look at the at the at the totality of the game, like if you turn that if you watch the first seventy minutes of that game when it was I think still only two nothing, it's like, wait, what? How did they end up with five? Because the first half was okay. I guess is how I would put it. Obviously, they scored first. Uh, West Ham started brightly. I think that the inevitability of being at home in the first game of a new season, you're going to start with a bit of with a bit of wind at your back. And for the first 15 or so minutes, West Ham really looked like they were going to give City a game. But then that that burst sort of dries up, and you're left with the reality of the fact that City were just better in every area of the pitch. But still. Looked rusty, I thought, um, which is inevitable because they've had so many guys that, that that missed parts of preseason or came back late, or were still working their way up to full fitness, or maybe were still a little bit lethargic after all their international duties over the summer. Um, so if you just watched the first half, you saw worrying signs, and then the second half, they really just seemed to tick it up a sec into another gear. Because they scored several really good goals. The goal that they was chalked off was a really good goal. Um, and, and, and by that point, West Ham just didn't really seem to have any idea what to do with them. Um, Mares, we, we've talked about Riyad Mahrez a good bit this preseason. But again, he looked more like the guy that City, I think, thought that they were getting when they signed him last summer. Right. It's, uh... It's... It's... <coughs> I am curious this year what what's going to try. Look, City have City have a hell of a game tomorrow, right? I mean, let's let's absolutely. Let's, That's and, a tough one to get this early in the season. This even if it's it at is, home, it is. But 
they're missing a lot of players. They're not going to have Sun. They're not going to have Ali. They're not going to have Sessegnon. They're not going to have uh, potentially Erickson. Like there's 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 there is uh, there is an abundance of things that Tottenham aren't going to have uh, early on uh, for this game, which gives City a chance to to you know. I mean, these are the types that like look if you if you're going up against a weakened opponent that's expected to be in the top six, these are the games you need to win, right? Because these are the games that make your run in easier later on. If you win the games you're supposed to win, then you don't have to worry about you know rattling off 12 in a row because so on and so forth um before we get into it though i just i want to touch on something that's slightly off topic but uh at the same time it is on topic leroy sane has decided that he will not have surgery with dr ramon kugat really i had not seen that he will have Dr. Fink's uh, surgery in Austria. The Bayern team doctor will be doing his uh, surgery. What does this... Where are you at with this? Because now Bayern have also borrowed Coutinho, which solves their one-year problem of needing some talent. But they're really pissed off that City played him. They're so pissed off that City played oh, yeah. Sonny and he they, got they it. Are. Um, okay, yeah, I am now seeing this. This is this is inevitably going to going to be made into something. Um, I don't I don't know. I, I, it doesn't look great. Um, it, it doesn't it doesn't look wonderful. Um, but at the same time, I don't, I don't really care if players, players take the route to recovery that is most comfortable for them. Apparently, as I look at this, this is a guy that has treated a lot of German internationals and thus has been recommended by a lot of German internationals. If Sané wants to take them at their word, okay, would I prefer he goes to Barcelona? Yeah, because the club obviously have a preference. Um, but at the same time, this is one of those things that like I can I can totally understand why it, it evokes some feeling and some worry in people. But I just have a hard time um, struggling to to, to to rouse those same feelings myself. It's 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 it's, it's sort of a case of. You know, okay. Um, this is this is one of those things that do we do we do we have any idea um, how how the club feel about this? I don't know. I haven't seen anything about it. If the club are relaxed about it, then I guess I am too. I don't I don't know if the club are relaxed about but, it, yeah. but the news is kind of hit today, so. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is this is this is why this this goes part to the root of I think a lot of people's frustration with Leroy Sané right now, as as much as everyone wants to keep him, um, because I do think most people want to keep him, but at the same time, I think there is a frustration because he has, he's clearly 
flirting with a return to Germany. He has flirted with a return to Germany. He's clearly not shut the door. This is once again only going to continue to to spread those rumors and that chatter and all that about about that storyline that 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 you know obviously there's 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 still two weeks or and change to go in the European transfer window but now that Bayern have brought in both Coutinho and I believe they brought in Perisic as well that's almost certainly dead dead for the moment because that's they've they've committed to those two players for the season um but it it it's it also keeps the door open and I think that as long as he doesn't sign a new contract, then it, 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 he's just going to leave that leave that door wide open. And I read um, it's the Metro, which is not one of the finest UK papers, but it was actually a source journalist for the Metro and not just sort of like Metro staff. Um, so perhaps there's something at least worth paying attention to that City are leaving their contract offer to him on the table even as he goes through his recovery and are still quite willing to sign him up long-term, um, which I think is exactly what they should do. If you have faith that he's going to make a full recovery and that he's going to be at least close to what he was before, there's no reason to withdraw. I know it's a risk. It's it's obviously a risk because ACL injuries are risky and they're it's not a 100% return rate from them. But if they are believers in him, and if they do believe that he can be what he promised to be before that injury, I don't have a problem with them sticking with that contract offer and, and just sort of daring him. He's like, look, your future is a little bit murkier than it was before. You know what I mean, guys? Yep. You're young. You obviously have a lot of time to rehabilitate yourself. But obviously, the second that happened, Byron ran away from you. Um, we're not going to do that. So, you know, you can either go next summer after missing more or less the full season with one year left on your contract and see what 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 the what the situation is are Bayern still willing to pay for you because City might not back down on their demands. They shouldn't, they, you know, not significantly. So, suddenly you have question marks everywhere, but you have a guaranteed contract offer on the table from the club you're already at and to pay you like one of the best young players in the world. So you've got a decision to make there. And and and, and if you're going to, to to turn that down and turn your nose up and say, no, I'm gonna wait, that's showing a lot of faith in yourself and it's a it's a pretty big risk. So yeah, I have no idea what Sané is going to do here. No I have idea. no idea. I don't. That's the running the running theme for this entire thing is we have no idea what Leroy Sané is No, no. We it's, have it's... not had any idea at any point, um, you know, what he favors, what he wants, what he was closest to doing before the injury happened. Um, but <laughs> the clock is ticking on him. And... Frankly, the reality of it is him, you know, this, by no means, I do not want this to be construed as me blaming Leroy Sané for his, for, you know, his injury or, you know, what that, or anything like no, no, that's, no, no, that's, no, that's no, what you no, get, but no. his, him dragging his feet on that decision might have cost him a lot of money. 
Yeah, yeah, no, and, and it's important like that that n- neither one of us feel any animosity towards him here. Like this is this is just one of those situations where by not committing to Bayern or City, right now he may only have that City contract offer as a result. We have no idea how Bayern view this situation. If you take a look at Bayern's public comments, they seem to be kind of peeved. In fact, Leroy Sané was was kind of called out by name. By a Bayern executive who was like, I didn't find it appropriate that he wouldn't commit to either us or Man City. And it's like, Dick, you don't get a say in anything. You're not even like. (laughs) I I believe it was Otmar Hitzfeld who coached Bayern for 10 years, has no formal affiliation with them now. But I think he's saying what they're thinking. If yeah. we're being honest, <laughs> it may not he may not be speaking in a capacity with the club or on behalf capacity, of the club, but, he... but but I suspect that Byron's thinking of Sané should have made up his damn mind. You know, I think he behaved inappropriate. Be in I think that's very much. I I'm sure that line of thinking is very much prominent in the upper halls of the corridors of Byron, um, Byron's executive building right now. Um, well, and they're used to getting what they want too. Absolutely. And they are not used to, you know, Manchester City, they got stonewalled, basically. They're like, you know, City did put a a price on Sané that approached 150 million pounds. Right. Usually when Bayern bully a club, Bayern get what they want. You know, it's it's a case of, you know, Bayern. and, And part of this is down to the fact that I think they're usually bullying German clubs and not the English ones. Um, because mo- it's it's still a true fact that most Germans stay in Germany. Um, Sané is a bit of an outlier in that he was a young German player who opted to go overseas. Um, that there aren't acres and acres of, of German players playing in the Premier League. Most of them just tend to stay in Germany and play for either Dortmund or more prominently Bayern. So... They were already in a bit of an unusual situation in terms of dealing with this transfer because suddenly they weren't the big fish in the small pond. They were dealing with a club that had that was very, very, very determined to hold on to what they had. Um, and the simple reality of it is they didn't like not getting what they wanted. Um, they didn't like being denied. They didn't like... The fact that their public angling not only didn't really seem to work on the club, but it just didn't seem to work on the player. Because obviously their their intent was to try to agitate Sané into demanding a move, and he never did that. Um, so I think there is there is a level of frustration at Bayern that the usual Bayern playbook, um, frankly, resulted in an incomplete pass on fourth down. And that is not something that they're used to. And so the reality of it is, I think all these frustrations that are emanating from people who have ties to Byron, the Manchester City, why would they play him in the Community Shield when you have that much money? First of all, City don't need 145 million. They're rich. This is this is another instance where, like, if you're negotiating with with Hoffenheim or something like that, 145 million is a fortune to them. For City, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice, but it's not. City are not going to be You're made. You're not going to bully City. City into are not going to be made or broken by whether or not they get an extra 145 million pounds. That's that's just not how it works. Uh, that 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 stuff works on Hoffenheim, but it doesn't work on on a Premier League team. 
Um, a, a top Premier League team for that matter. So, yes, I'm absolutely certain that Bayern are ticked off. And I'm, I have no doubt that if they if they believe that Sané can still be what they thought he would be, they will try to go in for him next summer. But what if they don't? What if they view it as too risky an investment? What if City don't lower the asking price enough? What if we're still talking like 120, 130 million next summer for what Bayern might view as damaged goods? I, I'm, I'm sorry, but I, I l- listen, dude. An injury does not mean the player is done, especially in especially soccer. His age, yeah. Especially in soccer, like absolutely. I would this lower. Is not I the would NFL. Not, I'm not lowering shut, the price. I would not change. Him. I would not. If I'm sitting, I'm not changing anything about my negotiating tactic at this point. Nope. It's like we still price, have. Price. This is still the guy you want. This is still the guy we want to keep. Pay yep. up or shut up. Um, yep. The yeah. price is the price. We, that's yeah. what you're going and, to pay. You know, they can look. They can go back there and say, "Look, we stood by him when he got hurt. We rehabilitated him. We gave him all the support we needed. We kept our contract offer on the table for him. Didn't adjust it one bit. If that is in fact what they're doing, and you know, it's like, so our evaluation of him clearly hasn't changed. Why should yours? And frankly, I'm." A large part of this is down to me being really sick and tired of Bayern and their negotiating tactics and just wanting to see someone tell them to shove it for once. <laughs> it's really quite simple. Um, and that's obviously that's no way to run a club, but I'm not running the club, so screw them. Basically, if I'm running the club, it's team petty. Absolutely. It really is. It's team petty. I don't I mean, care. I suppose you run the risk of making it difficult to do business with Bayern in the future, but who the hell do we want from Bayern? Yeah, basically. <laughs> it's, it's it's not 2012 anymore, y'all. It's the the days have passed when 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 these things are are going to become a huge 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 thing. Um, and frankly, City have done a lot of their buying business with lesser clubs in in recent years. They they haven't really bought from the the so-called cream of the crop, um, so you know I don't really give a damn. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I listen. I will say this, and then then we can move on, cover Tottenham, and get out of here. I want to say this, dude. Listen, whatever Leroy Sane needs to do, I hope that he and City figure it out within the next six months. Okay. Yeah. If Leroy Sané wants to bounce, if he feels he can recover from his ACL and continue to do well, and it looks like if he's going with the Bayern doctor, then he's potentially going with the Bayern plan. Um, so if that's the case, then I think like City need to just tell Sané, all right, well, look, if you want to go, we're happy with this, but you know we can't have you holding the club hostage we need to get a fair negotiation for you yeah, we, uh, need, we need to start scouting you know we're we going we're going to have to sign somebody to replace you yep um we, and and we've we done well and do. we've done right by you we have business to do we have city i think have been extremely accommodating for a guy who can't seem to make up his mind <laughs> and I, I think it's entirely reasonable for them to, at some point, maybe even before Christmas, go to him and say, look, you know, you're making progress in your rehab. I assume he will be by that point. Um, we might have you back before the season ends. But the reality of the situation is you need to make a decision for yourself. 
you need to make a decision for Byron's benefit and you need to make a decision for your benefit, for our benefit. No one is being helped by the fact that it has been, you've, you've, we've known about this for months and months and months. You, no one is be benefiting from the fact that you can't make up your mind. And that's harsh. I know it's harsh. But football has a, even off the pitch, football has a clock that's always ticking. And if you're not getting a hustle on transfer negotiations, somebody else is. Yep. And if in and and frankly, I think it's only reasonable for City to go to him at some point and be like, just literally throw the contract on the table in front of him, and it's like, look, you can go and discuss this with your agent and your family and your girlfriend one last time, but this will be sitting here tomorrow. And if you don't come in to sign it, we're going to assume that that means you want to leave. Yep. <laughs> that's and, that. That's and, honestly what I think they should do with him. And, and end of story. So you know what? You're making a decision tomorrow by your action or inaction, whether, whether, however you feel about that. So I don't know. I don't want to hear about this for another four months, but it's clear that we will be. So unfortunately, well, it's one of those. Unfortunately, it's one of those things that's going to go on and on and on and on and on. It is. So but let's talk about Todd. <laughs> let's, let's, let's. Something much more in the near term. Something much more exciting. Um, Tottenham Hotspur did not look impressive against Aston Villa for the first, I would say, hour plus of that game at home. Woke up late, scored three goals. Christian Eriksen's introduction, Montaway Christian Eriksen's introduction to that game um, was perhaps the turning point. Eriksen's status is not super clear for Saturday. Rumor is he'll be in the squad, how, but not start. How much they'll care to use him, I don't know. There remain a horde of rumors linking him with a move overseas before the end of the summer transfer windows. As you previously alluded to, several key Tottenham players are missing. Deli Ali not going to play. Uh, Sessegnon not going to play. Son not going to play. Mm-hmm. City, I believe, are in much better shape on the injury front. Obviously, the aforementioned Leroy Sané will not factor into things at all. Um... But other than that, I don't believe they're missing anyone else. Um, so you know, City obviously has some decisions to make on the on their on their starting lineup, and this is the hardest part of the year to predict a starting lineup because we don't know what Pep is thinking after his preseason work. We don't know who's fully fit. We don't know. You know, you look at a guy like Aguero. We have no idea where he stands physically. He obviously played, but he came off the subs bench. I would I would be kind of surprised if Bernardo Silva didn't feature. Yeah. Um, because he didn't play against West Ham because they wanted a look at Mares. Fair play. Mares played well, and Guardiola may opt to reward him for that with 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 another game. Um, but it, it it just feels like a situation where you do go with the big guns because this is an important game so early in the season, and you absolutely want want your your best players factoring into this, especially when City might smell some blood in the water because of Totten's number amount of absentees. 
And I mean, you also look at like the fact that there's a little bit of drama behind the scenes because Vertonghen was left completely out of the 18-man squad against Villa, and that may just happen again, and they may stick with Alderweireld and Davinson Sanchez. And, um, and and you look at some other guys, like Lichelso, who they signed in the summer, might play, but that might be one of those instances where the new signing comes off the bench if they need him. So, frankly... City might not get Tottenham, Tottenham at this at this point, in in this in this state. They they they're not going to get another shot like this. So I think when you're dealing in a fully fit squad, at least injury wise, I think you really have to seize the initiative. Absolutely, absolutely, I'm a hundred percent agree. Um, it's one of those things that I I I'd like to see City. Uh, sort of do i'd like to see them seize control of uh of this situation i would like to see city capitalize against top six teams when they have the opportunity uh like i said at the beginning of the podcast the more opportunities or the more opportunities that that, i don't know why i just repeated myself the more the, the more frequently city beat teams like this the less difficult the run in at the end of the season is going to be, I think is how I want to phrase that. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's going to be important for city to get these wins when they can. Um, and, and you know, that they, they are fortunate in that they have had, uh, a, a string of really good luck with injuries. Um, and, and it's enabled them to, to have, uh, two successive seasons of, of just incredible point totals. Um, we'll see if City can stay healthy for a ser- third season in a row. But certainly if they can, you sort of favor them to 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 win the league potentially again. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think City will win this game. I think that Tottenham will make it tough because as we saw and Dombele and Sissoko are turning into a rather impressive partnership already in the in the midfield, and they obviously just still have talent um, in in that lineup. Harry Kane will play. Um, they'll they'll have they 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 obviously have a pretty good defensive record over the last few years. There's talent there, so I do think that this will not be a walk in the park. But at this stage of the season, City have the luxury of a fully fit squad except for Sané. And um, not many new signings to bet in, honestly. Um, Tottenham are still working on that. So I fancy City in this one. Um, We'll say 3-1. Yep, sounds fair to me. Um, So yeah, I hope. Sounds about right to me. Do you have anything else to add about this game or anything else? No, I'm just excited, dude. I'm, I'm excited, excited too. It, 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 in a way, it's nice to have a big game this early in the season because there, there's a lot to get excited about. Obviously, there's certainly advantages to playing six bottom half teams in a row to start your season or something like that and getting off to six wins in six. But, but um, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of fun in in, in having to play. You you can you can lay a marker down basically. You really, you really can. Especially since Tottenham uh, might be one of those consensus top three teams. Um, so, I, for one, am looking forward to it. 
As am I. As am I, man. You can follow us on Twitter, at America Citizens. You can search for us on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio under the American Citizens. And we are grateful to Blog Talk Radio for being our host and sponsor. So, on behalf of Josh, this is Gray. Thank you for listening, everybody. Have a great weekend, and enjoy the games. We'll talk to you again soon. Late!